And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Tuesday, May 18th, and we are so happy that you are joining us today. We are trying to help you get wherever you want to go with your financial life, with your money questions. The way we do that, it's easy. You send us an email, askjill at jillonmoney.com, askjill at jillonmoney.com, and we do the rest, meaning that either we'll read your email on the air or better, even better, you say, I'm willing to come on the air with you. And Mark, the best executive producer in the whole world, does everything else. And he arranges it because that's how he rolls. So that's what we are doing today with Tim from Rochester. You know, Tim, I appear on a Rochester FM station every week. I bet you don't even know that. I didn't know that, but I am a religious podcast listener. Oh, I love it. Well, I appear on The Breakfast Buzz, which is, I guess, your one of your FM stations up there in Rochester yes. every week. And my favorite thing that they do is this thing called The Judgment Zone, where they basically take a funny moral dilemma and ask people to weigh in on it, right? They put people in the judgment zone. And then I get to be a judge sometimes. So I'm going to help judge your financial query. So tell me a little bit about what brings you on the program with us today and what we can do for you. I'm not calling to ask if I can retire. We are already enjoying freedom. Yes. When we listened to one of your podcasts recently about financial literacy, it made me think about my history. In the early 80s, I was just starting my career in corporate America and a very senior colleague took a shine to me and he gave me a book. The book's name was High Finance on a Low Budget. He was a super nice veteran of the company who was about to retire and said to me, Tim, make your money work harder for you than you work for it. And that sure resonated with me. So I read his book. I read your book and I started to invest and I became a regular listener of Bob Brinker, who I think you emulate best for us, which is a huge compliment. So I have two questions, Jill. 
Okay. By the way, I love the lead up. So it's like great context. Fantastic. And you are now uh, retired. How old are you? So I'm 62 and my wife is 60. Mm -hmm. And I've actually been retired for five years. We always had a plan to stop working as soon as we could. My wife and I have things we needed and wanted to do. We find our sense of purpose every day. We learn to live below our means. We value the compound interest. We carry minimal debt. We have an estate plan. We have an emergency fund, uh, a modest future pension for my wife. And we plan to defer our Social Security as long as we can. So here's my questions, Jill. We've been encouraged to move our non-tax deferred investments from a small brokerage firm to in-kind accounts, which was a new term to us, at a large financial management firm that we now use to tax plan. And we, they help us with uh, you know, spending our hard-earned money. Mm-hmm. In this part of our retirement portfolio, we have about a half a million dollars in these taxable accounts in over four mutual funds. We bought them in the early 90s through a friend who at the time worked at a large retail investment company. Mm -hmm. The dividends and investments have been reinvested. The money has grown significantly and we have not touched it. Okay, wait. So let me just pop in here. So this is a taxable account. There's a half a million dollars. It's four mutual funds. There's loads of capital gains inside of these funds, correct? Exactly. Yes. And uh, do you mind me asking which mutual funds these are? So Invesco. Putnam, Fidelity, and the Rochester Muni, it's a Muni fund. Okay, and a Muni bond fund. Okay. Yeah, yeah. and their investment classes are A and M. Do you have any idea what your cost basis is in these? Just so We threw about. out a lot of our paperwork. My wife is a needaholic. She threw a lot of that out. But yeah. I mean, that was kind of my question is we would have to calculate that and and to be able to, you know, declare our capital gains, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I mean, like you can guess, you can say like, you know what? I think it's, we put 50 grand or, you know, you could say, uh, we think we put $10,000 in four different funds for $40,000 and now it's 500 grand, which by the way, would not be so astonishing given the, given the time horizon, because you're talking about the nineties, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And by the way, there's a way to figure that out. If you really want to make yourself crazy, you can go into each of these fund families and kind of look at whatever their average share price was for the year that you think you bought it. But, you know, the IRS is not going to bust your chops if you make a reasonable estimate. You know, if you say, oh, yeah, I bought this in 1993 for uh, 400,000 and now it's 500,000. They're not going to, you know what I mean? Like that's baloney. But you got to take a real number. Okay. So let's just go back for a second. 500 grand in these four funds. How much is in the traditional um, retirement accounts? So we have about two and a half million dollars saved across uh, a consolidated portfolio with Vanguard. Mm-hmm. And we're using their personal services to help us with the tax management, the withdrawal, all of the spending stuff, which is a lot harder than the saving stuff was. Right, right. Um, about two and a half million. And my wife's going to have a small pension. And again, we've been listening and we've learned so many things that we're just going to apply in the coming years. But to take this half a million dollars and to move it to from this small brokerage firm to Vanguard in kind, is there, is there okay. any downside to that? No, because what they say in kind, here's what it means. It just means you're basically saying, I have four pieces of furniture in a house. One piece from Invesco, one from Putnam, one from Fidelity, and one in this muni bond fund. And what I'd like to do is I'm going to take it from my old house. I'm going to move it into my new house. And you're just going to move it as is. That's what an in-kind transfer means. It just means that they're taking the assets and you don't have to sell them. 
by the way. Okay. So okay. an in-kind transfer literally means it just moves as is. Okay? Got it. And the reason why that might be helpful for you is, number one, it consolidates everything, right, yeah. and into one place. It also might help in terms of your tax planning. So in terms of pulling money from these accounts, have you been pulling money out to uh, float your lifestyle right now? No, not really. Again, mm-hmm. we're, we've been trying to burn down the IRA traditional IRA because the RMD is going to kick in and it's mm. a, kind of a substantial amount of money. So we've heard you talk about, you know, which groups of money to take first and which last. And that's been a great, you know, benefit to listening to your program, hearing people talk about that all the time. But the answer is no. So we haven't taken any out. And how much are you pulling from that IRA account? Every month about $10,000. And that's your um, only income that let, let's call it that 120 grand a year is like pretty much your only income currently, right? Correct. Okay. And is that what your need is that $10,000 a month? Actually, it's a little more, but you know, we've been building up our emergency fund and we're doing a few other things to support our family and our lifestyle. We've been very fortunate to wait this out, but so it's a, probably a little bit more. We have no debt, Jill, which is mm-hmm. You know, again, one of life lessons. You said a two and a half million dollars is partially traditional, partially Roth. How, I presume there's a way more money in traditional, right? Correct. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So you're in the 22% tax bracket. You pull that money out. What is the guesstimate on your social security if you were to wait until your full retirement age? So my wife and I will both get a little over $3,000. Each. Each, yes. Okay. So, and then what's how much is her pension? So it'll probably be $40,000. Hmm. That's not bad. No, it's good. Oh, that's good. Exactly. So, really, by the time you have the pension and your social security, you're, you're in great shape. You pull a little money out of the IRA as you stay in this 22% tax bracket, which I do think is good. This is a good game plan. It's a great game plan, actually. Moving the money into the, into the account with Vanguard makes sense. I think that, look, you're not really pulling money out of those taxable accounts right now. The, the idea would be to come up with some strategy about what we're going to do with that. So let me ask a couple of questions. Number one, do you have kids? Yes, they're both launched and in a great position in life. We're very proud of them. Fantastic. Do you guys consider yourselves charitably inclined? Yes. Have you ever heard of something called a donor advised fund? So I have, but I'm not familiar with it. Tell okay. me. So here's what the cool, this is a very cool thing to do. So a donor advised fund basically is a fund that you can set up and I'm sure you can do it at Vanguard very easily. I know you can do it at Fidelity. They have one as well. But at Vanguard, what they, what they would do is they set up a fund and they say, this is for your charitable giving. And you can decide when you put money into this account. You don't have to give the money away the minute you put it in, but what you can do is let's just pretend, let's say that um, you look at your funds, right? And you say, you know what? Eh, this Putnam fund stinks. Let's just pretend. And then let's just, again, let's say there's $100,000 in there. You could essentially say, I want to put the $100,000 from that Putnam fund into a donor advised fund. You could do it in one fell swoop. You can do it a little bit at a time. You can do it however you want. 
And what that does is it allows you to say whatever today's mark, current market value is goes into the donor advised fund. And as soon as it hits in the fund, it gets sold. Okay. But there's no tax liability to you because it's going into a charitable fund. And why is that so cool? Because it really allows you to leverage the idea that you've saved all this money and you don't have to harvest the gain that you've realized. Again, it only works if you're charitable, right? But you could essentially say, I'm going to put a bunch of money into this charitable fund. I'm going to use the money that has been building up in these taxable accounts. I don't have to pay any tax on that. And I don't have to give this money away. If, if you put in 20000 or fifty or or 100 you don't have to give it away all at once. You can give it away over time. The aspect of this that could be very interesting for someone in your shoes, you and your wife's shoes, is that you might say one year, you know what? We're going to take more money out of the IRA account. And we're actually going to pop up into the 24% tax bracket. In the year that you do that, you might want to take a bigger charitable deduction. And you might put more of your money into this donor advised fund. I think you guys are very prime examples of folks. If again, you have to be charitably inclined, but, and it doesn't cost anything. It's not like you're setting up a foundation. You're just using a different account to distribute money charitably. And the cool thing is, as I said, the timing is really good. If, if God forbid, one of you dies before the other, you could each have a charitable fund. You could have it set up so that you, one can give away after you pass away. But this is a way that you can really take the money that has grown, use it for good and not pay a tax on it. It's kind of cool, right? Yes, I love and it. So I think that's something to consider. And by the way, moving everything over, making that in-kind transfer, you'll be able to facilitate a lot of this tax planning with the person. Do you have a dedicated person at Vanguard or do you get whoever you get when you call? No, we have a great advisor. We do the personal advisory services. So it's only like 0.3. And so. Okay, great. Fantastic. And it will allow you to feel like you can take advantage of a year when you have a big tax year and a year where you don't have such a big tax year. And you can let this money kind of percolate. You know, look, the only downside is I think that once it's in the donor advised fund, it usually sits in cash. But so what? You're going to give it away and you'll figure it out. I think it's a great idea for you. So we now have dealt with your in-kind transfer, your low basis taxable account, you're pulling money out of your IRA and you said there was a second question. What was that? So my second question is, before my wife and I retired, we contributed as much as we could to an HSA, a health savings account. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, we've spent most of this money. A month mm -hmm. before I retired, I had a major health event. I actually was coming out of spin class and I had a blood clot in my heart. I was very, very, very fortunate that my first responders and healthcare providers at the ready. So one bad thing happened and many, many good things happened. Holy crap. Wait a second. Let's just go back for this for a second. You come out of spin class. What are you feeling like? Just so I can monitor myself on my bike and of course, freak out every time I think I feel. What was the symptom you felt? I, I was pretty self-aware and I didn't have anything in my jaw or my left arm, but across my shoulders, I felt really tight. And my wife had just left to go home to get ready to go to work. It was a snowy day here in Rochester. I went over to stretch and my shoulders got tighter and I stuck that shortness of breath. And again, it's a long story, but two hours later, I was sitting in recovery saying, what the heck happened? God. 
I know. I mean, I was going to retire a month after that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. So I'm so happy you're well. So, but you drained all the money out of the HSA in this whole process. Is that what you're saying? Just about. I mean, and and I'm not complaining. We're very fortunate. We have a high deductible health care insurance, but we still pay a lot of money for recurring visits and monthly medicines. And Mm. and I'm not complaining, but I'm just wondering, are there any options to contribute to the HSA? Mm. Can you get a job again? You want to get a job? If you do that, then you can. But if you don't have a job, you can't. Earned income then, right? Yeah, unfortunately. How much are you paying for your insurance, your health insurance right now? I'm not going to give you exact number, but it's gone up quite a bit. I mean, healthcare in retirement, especially pre-Medicare, is pretty expensive, even though here in Rochester, we have competition and it's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't kill us, but it's a big number. Is it 20 grand a year-ish? Yes. Okay, good. That's okay. You have the money to pay for it. And I'm glad you asked about the HSA. It, it's very expensive, but you know what? You're right. This is a three to five year problem, right? Three years till you get Medicare. You'll have supplemental Medicare, right? Your cost of healthcare is going to go down five years from now it will be lower. There's nothing you can really do unless for some reason you get a job, which doesn't sound like you are. Like I said, thank God you have the money. You're in great shape. You're in fantastic shape. I'm very thankful because Jill, when I hear you say grit, growth, and grace, I add gratitude and remind myself every day is a gift. Listen to this. I feel the same way as Tim. I'm going to have gratitude. Let's just say that gratitude is like underlying grit, growth, grace. I think that gratitude underlies grace, but I'm so glad that you said that because it's good for Mark to hear that. He doesn't like the soft, mushy me. I think you're in fantastic shape. I am so glad that you guys have done all the hard work that you've done. If you run into any problems, if you feel like you want another, you know, if you want to come back on and talk to us a little bit about the donor advised fund or anything like that, let us know. But I think you're in great shape. So I would go for it and don't go too crazy on hunting down, trying to hunt down the actual cost basis on those assets. Just make a best faith estimate that's not, you know, you don't want to be a pig about it. Just you're going to pay some taxes or not, whatever. And if you really decide that you're going to sell some big portion of this and you want to go down that rabbit hole, you can, but you know, you're never going to find the answer. So thank you, Jill and Mark. I mean, great insight, great information, and we love your program and can't say it enough how many people benefit from it. So keep up the good work and grit growth, grace, and gratitude is my contribution to the call. Thank you very much. Good luck, Tim, and uh, good luck to you and your wife, and thanks so much for joining us. If you want to come on the air like Tim, all you have to do is send us an email, tell us you want to come on the air. Mark will do the rest. Maybe you want to come on and tell us a little bit more about your view of grit, growth, grace, and gratitude. Here is a suggestion from Scott who says, I'm just giving you an extra here, can't say enough about how much I enjoy your pod. I've learned so much and it helps our family. But Jill, you should change your virus protection warning. He wants a reordering and an addition. So you ready for number one? This is Scott, not me, because Mark said that this is dangerous territory that I'm wading into. So here it is. Get vaccinated. Encourage others to get vaccinated. Keep away from indoor places where there are unvaccinated people and put your hands on someone else's back. Thanks, Scott. We appreciate your your outro. Mark, should I reorder it? Wash your hands, wear your mask. What do you think? All right. Mark's like, I'm going to keep doing me. Wash your hands, wear your masks, maintain your physical distancing. 
Uh, do what you need to do to get through this period and please do something nice for someone else today. We thank you so much for listening. Grit, growth, grace, gratitude, curiosity, and compassion. I put those in there also. I'm willing to consider more. All right. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.